his response to the question of kind of what went wrong tonight at that that United game, and he just kind of like this is going thirty nine yeah, points. If they lose this game, the title's gone. Shocking December, really, for Newcastle, hasn't it? Knocked out of the EFL Cup, knocked out of the Champions League. I mean, how many? What they've they've picked up six points from from a potential yeah. eighteen points. That's not. It's just not good enough. I don't know what's going on with David Moyes. He's got them up to sixth. They're sixth in the league, maybe fifth now. Something. I mean, they're they're way up. They're way higher than they should be getting nosebleeds and no contract. There's still no talk of that. That contract is utterly ridiculous. They'll be uh, blowing bubbles before the game, and I think they'll hundred percent be popping bubbles after the game. So. Hey guys, welcome to the Footy Social Club. Now, I am particularly disappointed following Arsenal's loss last night to West Ham. I did say in the last podcast that we were likely to struggle. However, I didn't think we'd go on to lose at the Emirates 2-0. Joining me to discuss this weekend's fixtures. They come thick and fast. No time to be down. We're on to, I think it's Fulham next. But Matt, you're joining me. We're going to talk about every game and give our predictions. So, Luton at home to Chelsea next. Luton won last time out away from home against Sheffield United in the relegation six-pointer. And Chelsea, mate, scraped a 2-1 last-minute penalty at home to Palace. Yeah, I mean, look, Luton have now beaten Sheffield United and, and Newcastle in their last two games. This season, they've narrowly, narrowly lost to City, narrowly lost to Arsenal and United as well. Ironically, for Luton, a club that I really want to stay up, and I know a lot of people do, on both their home and away form, they're sitting in 17th. They're sitting just outside the the, the relegation um, zone. They're pushing on. My Christmas wish of Luton to stay up could could come true. Look, Chelsea, they've only picked up 10 points away from home out of nine games this season, which is 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 not not good enough for, for Pochettino and what would have been expected from him. They've been quite similar to United, to be honest, in terms of, you know, which Chelsea is going to turn up for a game. They're so difficult to, uh, to predict. Uh, the last five games, they've lost to United, lost to Everton, they've beat Sheffield United, and then they've lost to Wolves. And they were lucky, in my opinion, to, to get that result against Palace uh, with that, that 89th minute penalty. Was it Look, a penalty Cole for Palmer, you? No, I, it wasn't for me. No, and it comes back it, to the consistency. It, interestingly, like his le- um, Medeki, I think, Medeki, I think it is how Noni Medeki, yeah. his legs at like a forty-five degree angle. Like it's like he's put it, he's put it in place to yeah. be. You don't run like that. No, no, he's bought that. He's bought that penalty. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, but. Look, Sterling's back, Cole Palmer's back after suspension, which is going to be a boost for Chelsea. I think Cole Palmer's been one of the signings of the season. However, the likes of Lavia, Fernandez, they're unlikely to play. Um, Chilwell, Fofana, Chalaba, Reese, James, Cucurella, all on the injury table, which is not looking great for Chelsea. Luton, you've said this quite a lot of, a lot of times. They've made Kenilworth Road a very difficult place to, to go. Absolutely. And, and Chelsea have lost four of their last five away games. I reckon each team are going to score. I reckon Chelsea will get a goal, uh, but I've got losing to win this 2-1 and they'll they'll get that second goal in the second half. I'm on board with you. I mean, we talked, you know, in pods leading up to Christmas about the, the next six games being crucial for Chelsea. Um, they've got six points from, I think now, what, four of those games. So mm-hmm. I called that they get eight. So I need them to drop some points here. Um, Their next one after this is Fulham in the Premier League, the West London derby. But you hit the nail on the head. Luton have bullied 
And I say this, yeah. you know, with that much, they have bullied Arsenal at Kenilworth Road. They've bullied Manchester City. They bullied Spurs. Liverpool left it late there to get a point. You know, Luton know what they're doing at Kenilworth Road. They, they've improved massively on set pieces. If they can keep it tight, you know, Luton could and should, I'm going to say, win this game. I'm going with 1-0 to Luton. Um, let's go to Villa next. Look, yes. it hasn't been the greatest Christmas for them. They uh, they dropped points at home to Sheffield United. They were 2-0 up at Old Trafford and cruising um, against yeah. Manchester United, but went on to lose 3-2. They're at home to Burnley that lost last time out to Liverpool 2-0, albeit that was a hard-fought uh, contest for Liverpool, who are now two points clear at the top of the league. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that defeat against United on Boxing Day, that was, I think, they hadn't lost since way back at the beginning of November when they lost to to Forest. They beat Burnley 3-1 earlier on in the season. Matty Cash getting two goals in that game. The defeat to United was, like you said, it hasn't been a good Christmas period. And we talked just before Christmas that Villa could be top at Christmas and that hasn't quite materialised. But the defeat to United was preceded by a draw to, to Sheffield United and that was quite uncharacteristic from, from Villa. I mean, it was yeah. unlucky. It was like a what was it, a ninety-eighth minute penalty from Zaniolo or something that in in that game. Ninety-eight minute header, yeah. He draw. got the, got them the draw. Yeah, Zaniolo got yeah, them the ninety-eight right. minute header. Yeah. But Villa are at home, right? And there, there's no one better in the league right now than Villa at home. They've played nine, one, eight, drawn one. They haven't lost anything at home. They're averaging just you know three goals a game um, at home, and they've only conceded six all season. I mean, we're talking about fortresses. That is a fortress. Um, yeah. One, th one thing, I don't know what you thought of this, you know, Emery's a former Arsenal manager. His response to the question of kind of what went wrong tonight at that, that United game, and he just kind of, like this, is going 39 yeah, points. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, I was going to talk, talk about this. I thought it was an excellent response um, yeah. from Unai Emery because yeah. Villa have, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, they've overachieved almost for the position they're sitting in. The board will be delighted. Emery will be delighted. He'll be disappointed by by the Christmas um, results. But mm. overall, if you look at it for the 19 games in the season so far, if you'd said to Emery, Aston Villa fans, the board, whatever it was, you will be third, fourth, whatever you are currently in the Premier League table going yeah. into, you know, the second half of the season, everybody would have snapped their arm off for that. So 100%. massive credit to Aston Villa. Um I'm in agreement with you. They'll have too much for Burnley. I don't see three fixtures where they where they drop points. Um, I, I think this will be a convincing 3-0 win. And maybe some of that anger from the last two games will come out in this game. I'm expecting a very fast start from Aston Villa. Um, yeah. Let's go on to Crystal Palace versus Brentford. Um, as, we, as we talked about Palace, very unlucky. Roy's under a lot of pressure, it seems. Um Steve Cooper now being linked to take over at Palace. Um, my question to you, Matt, is, is that because he's available, do you think? And, and Palace don't want to risk losing out on the likes of Steve Cooper as a manager? I, th I think so. We've discussed this before on, on, on our pods as well. Roy Hodgson, we said this right, right at the beginning of the season when we weren't even sure that Roy Hodgson was going to you know, sign an extra year's contract. He's not the long-term option for Palace, and Steve Parrish will know that, whereas Steve Cooper will be anyone's long-term option, which I think he'd be a really good fit there. I think, for me, Steve Cooper's going to end up at either Palace or if West Ham, we'll talk about them later, do the stupid thing of letting David Moyes go, he could end up there. Um, 
look, Palace are sat in 15th, but they're only three points ahead of Luton who have a game in hand of them. Palace should not be in any sort of relegation battle this season. They shouldn't. They are a mid-table no. team. They are an established now Premier League team and they should be higher than where they are. They've they've had a tough run of games. You know, um, They've only picked up six points all season at home. Um, but all of their results tend to be, other than a few outliers, tend to be kind of one all, two one either way. There's not many high in, high scoring games um, in in the kind of Palace fixtures. They are missing uh, Edward, aren't they? He's their leading scorer. Yeah. They're, they're missing him um, at the moment. But they, the trouble for Palace is they haven't won since the beginning of of November. We're coming up 720 minutes plus of football where they haven't won a game. Yeah, their last four though, Matt, their last four includes Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City and a derby with Brighton. That's their last four fixtures. They were unlucky against Liverpool. You know, they were very unlucky against Liverpool. They got a great result against Manchester City. They were very unlucky against Chelsea. And look, the, the draw of Brighton's not a bad result. It's been, it's been, yeah, you, you go back to November, I know, but you know, December could have and maybe should have offered Palace a little bit more. And maybe we wouldn't even be talking about Roy, you know, who's been back at the club roughly, what, a year now, taking back over from Vieira. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's not done a, he's not done a bad job. Palace won't go down, uh, but I, I get the attraction of Steve Cooper. Let's quickly talk about Brentford. Without a mm. win now in four games. I think that's four straight losses as well. Um, uncharacteristic to lose at home to, you know, Wolves 4-1. Do you think Thomas Frank might be coming to the end of his cycle at Brentford? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, they've, they've lost, I think, six of their last seven matches. Uh, that 4-1 to Wolves cannot feel good. And they, look, they're only sitting a point above Palace. They're in 14th. I don't think he's coming to the end unless someone else is, is going to snap him up because, you know, he's a decent manager. They've, you know, they lost their their lead goal scorer, so they've been having to kind of make do uh, without him. And Buemo's out, and and you know he's, I think he's missed the last three games as well. That's not helping. And then they've got a, a lengthy list. There's a lot of clubs have this season of people that are just lay, laying on the injury table. You've got uh, Rico Henry, Kevin Sharda, Aaron Hickey, Buemo, as I mentioned, um, Christopher Ayer, Josh Silva. There's a few players there that are not in the team and that's going to cause them issues. I think once they get back to a little bit of a full strength squad, um, with Tony coming back in January, is that right? Is yeah, he he'll be sold though, I think. He'll be sold. He, he's only got a, he he's 18 months left on his contract. He's going. Oh, I've got a feeling he might be sticking around till summer. I, I might, and he might <laughs> One year bring them out of what they're in. One year left, that will devalue his... his transfer fee probably from say 60 70 million down to probably 30 or 40 million and, and Brentford can't afford to lose that you know we've got a podcast coming out soon on the 1 to 11 worst summer signings for me Brentford's biggest issue is their goalkeeper Flecken and I think a lot of blame sits with him whether that's organizing a back line mistakes he makes during games he's not even up to the standard of David Raya who's not having a great season with us at Arsenal. But Flecken, mm. for me, he's in my 1-11 to as a little clue. Um, he's worse than Onana for me. But they've got issues where you talked about Tony being out. They haven't got a like-for-like -like replacement. They, they've got yeah. rid of Raya and brought Flecken in. Flecken's not an upgrade on Raya. He's he's substandard to Raya. And, and their issues for Brentford, I think, that have got to be addressed in the summer. Um, we'll see. So what do you think will happen in the Palace-Brentford game? 
No, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be high scoring at all. I reckon this is going to be this is going to be one all. This has got draw written all over it. This game, and unfortunately, like Palace need it to just edge up the table. So do Brentford, but I just think they're going to cancel each other out, and uh, it's going to be one all. Unfortunately, what do you? I'm going to go for a. I'm going to go for a Brentford away win, and this is Roy's last game in charge. No, they're not. You, re- you reckon yeah. they get rid of Roy now? They move quickly. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think Steve Parrish has probably had the conversation. So I'm going to go for a little Brentford 2-1 and, and Roy to probably move upstairs um, following uh, following this game. We'll see, but that, that's what my gut's telling me. I've been right on manager sacking so far this uh, this season. So um, we, we will see. On to Manchester City, obviously back from the World Club Cup. Got a you know, a good win away at Goodison Park against Everton um, the other day. They're at home to Sheffield United. Um, yeah. There's not a lot that needs to be said. I'm going to say that Manchester City are going to win this 7-0. 7-0. Okay, yeah. I mean, look, they're, they're world champions, which as a United fan, I, I hate the sound of that. Um, they did well against Everton, you know, coming back from a goal behind. Um, although, it was, you know, that, that third goal was, was a complete mistake by Pickford, but... They did well. They've only won two of their last seven, but you know they've had to play Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool, uh, an on-form Villa. Um, it's, there's there's no contest in this. I know Wilder's picked up four points since he he kind of he came in as as manager again at Sheffield United, which is almost the same as the amount of points Heckenbottom had picked up in his fifteen or fourteen in charge um, from the beginning of the season, but. I can't see anything other than a, a City win. Um, I've, I've got I've got 4-1 in this. I think Sheffield United might steal a goal, but I think it's going to be 4-1. Not 8-0, whatever you just said. 7-0. Seven, seven Wilder heavily <laughs> criticised um, the Sheffield United performance against Luton. For obvious reasons, it's a six-point you know, game. Uh, it would have been a chance for Sheffield United to close the gap on Luton. I think even go go joint with them if, if they'd uh, if they'd won that game. It's unlucky, it very though, heavily... it? two own goals. Yeah, but even he said that's not unlucky. That's, you know, poor performance, wrong position. You know, he... Wilder's very good at, I think, trying to get a reaction. But I would say mm. he's also very good at putting players' noses out of joint. He's, he is of that old school mentality for me and it'd be interesting to see whether or not that actually gets a reaction from the players or whether that actually annoys them just a, a quick one because that's, that's that's a good point in terms of the style of manager if cooper had been sacked earlier and was available do you think sheffield united would have preferred to have steve cooper than they would have bringing wilder back yeah quite possibly um i think that I don't know whether Cooper would have taken the Sheffield United job, though, whether mm. the project was right. He's been linked with Birmingham as well, Steve Cooper, um, in light of how poor Wayne Rooney's been doing since he's taken over at the club. I mean, they've gone from fifth when um, when he took over. I think they're now four or five points outside the, the relegation yeah. zone. I mean, the stock <laughs> of ex-Premier League greats, the like of Lampard, Gerard Rooney, really haven't gone on to do anything in, in no. football management terms. And uh, I think that's that's set to continue. But for me, Steve Cooper's going to Palace, Palace only. Um, we'll see. I don't think he would have taken the Sheffield United job. Look, on to Forrest. Nuno Espirito Santo um, got an unbelievable result away from home. You know, Forrest have been poor away from home this season. Yeah, They absolutely battered a bewildered-looking Newcastle side. And I think of, of heat pressure on Eddie Howe will come to Newcastle shortly. But Forrest at home to yeah. a resurgent Manchester United. This should be a very good game. 
Yeah, it should be. Look, it was um, it was glorious to see Wood get his uh, his hat trick against his his former club, and what a well taken hat trick it was as well. And uh, just a quick yeah. mention to Alanga. Um, Alanga's on absolute form. You know, he got two two assists in that game as well. Former United player. He's he's not the finished article. Uh, but United should not have let him go. He's uh, he's an absolute star in the making, and I don't necessarily think that he's going to be at the the club for for too long. Um, look, despite the the first result for Forest under Santa, I thought they were unlucky in that with kind of you know red cards and decisions going against them. I think actually for quite a defensive manager, he's got them he's got them playing quite nice attacking football, which is which is good to see, which we didn't necessarily expect. United. You say resurgent. We have these these resurgent times, and then the next game where we're absolutely awful. So it's it's a worrying one for me. You know, a new club under a new manager when they get that boost, it's difficult to to go and play them. We beat them earlier on in the season. I would say unconvincingly, it was ten man Forest earlier on in the season. But look, if Ganacho's playing, he's showing real signs, real, real signs. Hoyland got his first goal. I'm hoping he can kind of push on from that and not just, you know, be getting a goal every five or six games. But how do you predict United? You know, we've gone win, loss, draw, win, loss, win. You can't, you can't predict what we're going to do. Um, yeah. However, however, my my head is telling me that Forrest are going to nick this, um, and it might be like a three-two. But my heart is going that United. Again, a win this 3-2. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go for 3-2 win for United. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, I think Forrest will definitely get something out of the game. They'll be very buoyed from that, that Newcastle performance. And they weren't lucky in any way, shape or form. They absolutely deserve that win at St. James's Park. They've done what so many other teams failed to do up there. Um, they went there yeah. and absolutely dominated them. And look, Newcastle do look on their knees as well at the moment, granted. But um, I think Nuno's made some key tweaks to what he's doing with Forrest. They, they, they've got wider. Morgan Gibbs-White's more on the ball than he was under Steve Cooper. Obviously, very, very good footballer. And Forrest is slightly higher up the pitch as well. Maybe only yeah. 10, 15 yards, but they're slightly higher up the pitch. They're pressing from a little bit higher up as well. Um, and, and winning the ball back, in, in, you know, causing they cause Newcastle to make all sorts of errors. So for me, um, I think Forrest will look at something very similar against Manchester United. They'll probably let Manchester United have the ball, um, mm -hmm. but they, they'll look to press on the break. They'll look to exploit, you know, the certain injuries United have got across the back line. Um, I'm going to go two-two in this one. Two-two, yeah, no, fair. Enough. I mean, look, two, if United you know play with the intensity and the anger that they played with against Villa after we'd gone two goals down, then Forrest haven't got a chance because that, for me, was the old almost Fergie era United of we are Man United and we're going to go out and smash this team. No one kind yeah. of, you know, comes to Old Trafford and disrespects us like that. But unless we do that, then I, I think Forrest can nick it. But I'm going with the heart. United are going to win it. You reckon 2-2? Maybe, maybe Fergie was in the dressing room at halftime with a hairdryer and kicking yeah, shoes maybe. and football boots about. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. go on to the last game of the... Um, of the Sunday fix is it Sunday fixtures? I think they are. We've got Wolves Everton. I think we had Wolves Everton. Wolves Everton, yeah. yeah. Depending on where you're watching in the world, I, I uh, the time differences for me being over in Australia. It's a, it's definitely a Saturday game for you guys over in the UK. Wolves Everton. Yeah. Look, I wax lyrical about Gary O'Neill, but I also think Sean Dyche is doing a fantastic job as well. Can consider yeah. himself unlucky in his last two games against Spurs and Manchester City. If he'd got maybe a point from each, um, I don't think too many people have been like, well, they were lucky. Um, he certainly deserved more out of the Tottenham game. Um, yeah. 
Everton travelled to Wolves. Wolves very good at home. Won their last two games, at, you know, and, and both of them over the Christmas break. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, look, what's what's happening in the Midlands with these uh, these teams doing so incredibly well at home? Um, Wolves have lost twice this season at home. That's not bad. You know, your, your favourite manager in the world ever, Gary O'Neill. Just a quick question on this. You're always banging on about him. Would you have him as Arsenal manager if Arteta left and went somewhere else? Is he that good? Do you um, love him that much? I do actually really like Gary O'Neill. Um, I, I think that... I watched the Sky Sports thing a little bit harder to do here, but watched the Sky Sports thing when he was in on the Monday nightclub talking about how he analyzes um, teams and what the work they do on the pitch. He's definitely a, a, a one of the new age managers, definitely yeah. forward thinking. Would I take him at Arsenal? Not yet, but mm -hmm. I certainly would leave the door open for someone like Gary O'Neill to progress their way you know, towards a job like that. Now you might say, well, hang on a second. Arteta came in not as a manager or whatever else before. I think the fact that Arteta had worked under the likes of Guardiola, that's yeah. almost like time in, you know, time earned, you know? So yeah. for me, I would never rule out someone like Gary O'Neill. I think he could go right to the very top as, as yeah. a manager. And the fact that he's a British manager, yeah, absolutely would love to see him at a top club one day. Um, yeah. But yeah, how, how do you see, how do you see the game going? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we spoke about it earlier. Wolves smashed Brentford uh, during the week 4-1 with uh, with Huang getting his his ninth and 10th goals. Um, but it does look like he's he's going to miss this game against Everton, which is is that's going to be a big blow for for Wolves. Wolves are on form. They've picked up some amazing points this season, you know, against you know, likes of City, Chelsea, Spurs, draws against Villa, Newcastle, 10 points out of a potential 15 from the last five games. Plus, they've got the fact that they've they've beaten the Toffees four out of the last five times they've played them. Um, in terms of Everton, you're right. You know they were they were un, unlucky. They could have maybe got points in their last couple of games, um, and they lit things up at the beginning of December. They got four four wins on the bounce. Um, scored however many goals it was ten plus goals, something something like that from those games. The, for me, they're up and down. Everton. Um, I don't think. Wolves are going to replicate their 4-1 that they had against Brentford, um, especially with Huang not playing. But I think they are going to they are going to get a result here. I reckon it's going to be 2-1 to Wolves. What do you reckon? I'm going to go. I'm going to go 2-2 goals from okay. both sides. Question for you: Do you think Sean Dyche is playing a hybrid? style of football that we've traditionally known with him so by that i mean at burnley long ball football um get mm -hmm. it down get it into the big man knock it down you know jay rodriguez running off and, and scoring or something like someone like that do you think that you're seeing a little bit of a hybrid he's got a few ex burnley players there tarkowski dwight mcneil yeah. or, or, or do you think this is very much the old style with sean dyche i don't think it is just the old style i think the, the thing that I'm seeing, and look, I don't watch fully every Everton game, but from the games that I'm watching, he's actually adapting slightly to the opposition instead of sticking rigidly with a, a style of play, which I think is much needed. Um, you know, from the start of the season when they had the, the, the three losses on the bounce and I certainly was one of those people saying they're going down, he's, he has adapted and he's got those players playing. That's, that's my take on it is... He's unlike someone like an Ange Postacoglu who just has that one way of playing and play it harder if it's not working. 
Uh, Sean yeah. Dyche is a little bit more adaptable in his style. Do you do you see it differently? Uh, no, I think he's adapted. I think he's adapted. I think it's helped him having a few players he's worked with in the past. I think that Everton fans would be really happy with what Sean Dyche is doing, given the circumstances surrounding the club. Um, mm-hmm. This is no doubt a tricky a tricky test. I think if you know, I've called called a two two, but. For me, if Everton are going to get something out of the game, they're going to have to score first. I think if yeah. they end up chasing the game against Wolves, then Wolves will, would go on to win. But I'm going to I'm going to go two two, but but goals and, and exciting. And I think both teams can play exciting versions of football now. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a, an entertaining game to watch. Right on to Sunday's games: Fulham at home to Arsenal. Um, Fulham were goal scoring machines not so long ago. Struggling again now. Look, Arsenal, if they lose this game, the title's gone. I'm going to put my neck on the line and say that. Great result against Liverpool. Woeful against West Ham. Woeful. Overplaying. Too many tricks and flicks. Weren't good enough. Arsenal actually need signings. They need a few signings. Saka's starting to look tired. They heavily rely on... They need a centre-forward. Wasn't impressed with the West Ham game. but, But going back to Fulham... Not sure really what's happened, whether the the goal fest that they were doing was just a flash in the pan. Yeah, I mean, they had those, they had those three games, although they won that for, uh, lost that first one against Liverpool. But, you know, that was 14 goals in three games. It was 10 goals over two games, conceding none. And then they've gone on to three successive defeats, conceding eight eight goals and not scoring. It's That's yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. They were poor against um, Bournemouth as well. Really poor. They were. They were poor against Bournemouth. Look, I, you're laying into Arsenal, and we do that, you know, to our own clubs, or we're probably hypercritical of our own clubs. I don't think Arsenal were terrible against West Ham. I thought before West Ham scored, well, the, the West Ham goal was, I thought, was against the run of play. Um, okay, the question for you though, was that ball out or not? Inconclusive, and I, and I thought about this. It's, it's amazing it's happened to us twice in a season. There's two angles: one that shows it looks like it's just over the line, uh, and yeah. one that shows almost the same as Newcastle. The ball's potentially on the line. Why don't we put cameras in the outside of the posts that run along the byline so that we 100%. can actually see what's going on? I, I'm amazed this hasn't been addressed. It sh- we should not be. It should not be inconclusive, and if so, have to be given. That is not how football should be dictated. Um, there, is a, there is an image directly behind Bowen where I can't see any of the ball on the line whatsoever. You can't see the ball. It's almost behind his knee. Um, mm-hmm. It really depends, I think, on what referee was in, the, in Stockley Park at the time. Uh, the worrying thing for me at the moment is that we've now lost three games this season. We lost away mm-hmm. at, at Newcastle. We lost away at Aston Villa. And we've now lost at home to West Ham. I would consider in other seasons that Arsenal should get at least six points from those three games. We haven't. We've got zero points. Um, Mm. At home to West Ham, Arsenal just didn't have an answer for, in effect, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, a low block. West Ham put two on every player. They stifled Arsenal. They didn't excellent job on us and they broke really fast with the likes of Jared Bowen. They were very, very good. However, if that goal had been disallowed and it remains nil-nil, you were right. Arsenal were on top at that point. Um, yeah. Mavroponis comes back, obviously former Arsenal youth team player, scores the second goal. Ars- yeah, good header. Uh, there's an issue with Gabriel for me in the air sometimes that Saliba has over him and Arsenal mm-hmm. being linked with Delict um, possibly in the summer. Um, 
and I and I wonder Gabriel didn't start for Arsenal at the start of the season, and I wonder, I wonder if there's a potential change coming there for Arsenal in the future. Um, he does have lapses of concentration. Arsenal just weren't good enough. Jesus, for me, is a real issue. He works incredibly hard, but he's not the number nine that Arsenal need. Martinelli's bang out of form. The front three are just not clicking at the moment. I'd probably give Trossard a run. Dare I say it, we missed Kai Havertz as well. Yeah. We missed what yeah, Havertz yeah. offered. But... You know, Christmas now for Arsenal, one point out of two games has been a bad Christmas. Now two points behind. If if City win their game in hand, they're level on points with us. And I said City are almost could be out of a title race soon. So Arsenal got to buck their ideas up. They've got to win this. I'm going to say they're going to get back to winning ways. I'm going to go with 3-1, but I'm going to say Fulham to score first. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you drew with Fulham earlier in the season, didn't you? Two all. Um, I think it was a late Polina yeah. goal. Back when that happened... And you, you, in fact, you came from behind in that that game as well. I've got three nil for an Arsenal win for for this game. I think you'll be pissed off as a team that that West Ham result went as it did, and I think you'll come out raring um, at at Craven Cottage. So yeah, I've got three nil. Uh, I can't see a Fulham win in this one. I think Fulham's poor run of form will continue. I think we've only got one loss left in us this season if we want to be considered as title challengers as well. I don't know. Look, Liverpool, Liverpool, no, Liverpool, Man City are dropping points in places as well, right? It's not as if they're on perfect form. Yeah, but you know, I, I know we know we we joked about, or semi-joked about Villa being title challengers. I still, I still think they can they can be challenging. I don't think they'll win it. But look, Liverpool and City have both dropped points at places where you yeah. wouldn't expect them to so i'm not fingers crossed i'm not calling continue. arsenal out of this yet <laughs> yeah. no no no. we're not out of it yet we're not out of it yet um sticking in north london spurs mm. lost last time yeah. out to brighton um a couple of penalties there for Vigal pedro an absolute screamer on his return from estupian absolute weldy into the top corner classic sort of FIFA 2023 goal or EAFC 24, whatever it is now. Look, they're at home to Bournemouth. This is by no means an easy game, but Ange will be looking to get Spurs back to, to winning ways. Um, you know, they had won three before the, the, the Brighton game. They've got injuries now, though, as well. Romero missed the Brighton game out of this one. Mm-hmm. Bournemouth will fancy their chances and having a go in this game. I think Bournemouth will. I'm looking at Spurs' form, I think what was it? They went ten games at the beginning of the season without like unbeaten, and then they went five without a win, and then they went three in a row up until uh, the, uh, up until that last game. Their their kind of purple patches are, are getting shorter and shorter, and I think they're going to potentially become one of those unpredictable clubs because maybe people are figuring out how Ange plays now. Um, I don't know. Look, I enjoy watching Spurs play. I love that high tempo. So do I. Football. I. I love it. And, and yeah, look, and, and you're saying that as an Arsenal fan, and that's that's kind of testament to it. I think most clubs would love their team to play like that. Um, we talk about game management quite often, you know, kind of closing out a game and stuff like that. Ange does it, but in a just a completely different way, you know. And he's not and he's not afraid to be gung ho about stuff. You know that that game uh, against Brighton, I think. Spurs had two two goals disallowed. Charleston had two goals disallowed for for offsides. Um, you know he's finding some form as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm loving player. watching them play. He does. He really does. He really does. Um, but yeah, look, Bournemouth, they're on form. They're on form. Um, they've only lost once, Bournemouth, since the 28th of October. I yeah. mean, 
Yeah, Solanke's Areola's, been incredible for them. Solanke's been incredible. He's joint second highest scorer with Salah. You know, Salah, a man that was rated as worth two hundred and fifty million pounds by the Saudis, so Solanke's got to be worth somewhere in that region. Um, <laughs> look, they haven't lost since the twenty eighth of October, which was that that huge loss against City six one. Um, yeah, Iriola's got to be in line for for manager of the season, uh, manager of the season, manager of the month. Sorry for for December. Um, yeah, I would agree. You you would agree. Who else would you put in that? Yep. With with Iriola, no, I, I think it, I think I think Iriola's the the clear favourite for me for manager of the month. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, look, Spurs beat Bournemouth two 0 earlier on in the season. I think Bournemouth have got goals in them now, especially with Solanke. Um, so I've got either two one or three two to Spurs with both Richarlison and Solanke to score. But yeah. I'm going. I'm going for a two-one Bournemouth win. I think Solanke will cause Spurs all sorts of problems without Romero at the back. Um, you know, and, and Van de Ven, their two first-choice centre-halves. Solanke's got enough in him. I think he'll go there. Bournemouth won't be afraid. They'll attack. Spurs will attack. But Solanke to be the difference for me. Two-one Bournemouth. Let's go on to. This is a Premier League fixture steeped in history. I think mm -hmm. of the likes of Stan Collymore, Festino Aspria, Pavel Cernacek, Shaka Hislop, David James, Steve McManaman, Beardsley, <laughs> Liverpool versus Newcastle, Monday Night Classic. Um, I am excited for this one. Newcastle are on their knees. They're, they're tired. They need a result for their manager. There, there, there is you know, murmurings that Eddie Howe is under pressure. Um, mm. I think that's a little harsh and I call managers out for fun on this podcast. They're at home to, <laughs> to they're, sorry, they're away to, to Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp, who have been quietly going under the radar. They're top of the league. Salah's just about to go away on um, African Cup of Nations duty for Egypt. They'll want to send him off with a win. They'll rely on him, I think, for that win. So, but, but for me... Newcastle have got to get something out of this game or they might just start falling down the table. Um, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's been a shocking December, really, for Newcastle, hasn't it? Knocked out of the EFL Cup, knocked out of Champions League. I mean, how many... What, they, they've picked up six points from, from a potential yep. 18 points. That's not... It's just not good enough. They've lost to the likes of Luton, Everton and, and, uh, and Forest, obviously. Uh, yeah. It's not looking good. Games you'd they expect are, points from. Games you'd expect points from. Yes, they've got they've got massive injury struggles, and it's, it appears that like every game that goes along, someone else is injured for them. Um, they're talk, there's talks of um, Calvin Phillips potentially coming in in January. Um, I don't know if you've that'll heard that happen. or not. You reckon that will happen? happen? Is that a good move though? Yeah. Yes. You reckon yes? yes? You're going yes. Yeah. yeah. So not it's good a great move. Pep, yeah, good, it's good move for, for both player and club. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, Pep's been very honest and said he just doesn't work for how Pep wants to play. It will be a yeah. loan deal. There's a Euros on the table. Um, Phillips will be very fresh. A point to prove. You'll want to get in the England squad. Uh, I think it's a great signing for Newcastle. It will certainly bolster the centre of the midfield for them. Um, I think they'd love him now if they could take him. How do you see yeah. the result? Yeah, uh, I, th I think Liverpool are going to be far too strong. You got uh, Nunes. Finally got his goal after after not scoring for kind of tw against twelve Burnley. against Burnley. Yes, but do you know uh, the last game that he scored two goals in 
um, was against Newcastle, Newcastle United at St. James's earlier Park. in the season. Yeah. This is going to be this is going to be a bit of a drubbing, unfortunately, and I reckon it's going to be kind of three, maybe four, one to Liverpool in this game. I don't see it going well for Newcastle at all. I don't think they're going to start the the, the year well. I'm going to go for two one Liverpool. Um, Salah to score as he departs for Afcon. I think Newcastle going to score first. I'm going to say Isaac's going to score for uh, for Newcastle and put them up. Okay. Get those Geordie fans excited that maybe the tide's about to turn. But I think Liverpool, as, as you said, will have too much for Newcastle and will remain yeah. top of the league following this weekend's, you know, run of fixtures. Right, mate, let's go on to West Ham, Brighton. Both teams won last time out. So it's a long set of fixtures this week. These guys don't play till till Tuesday in the Premier League. It's, it's, you know, I suppose with the Christmas yeah. fixture pile up, um, these games do get stretched out a little bit. But look, West Ham were excellent against Arsenal, did a complete job on us. And, and Brighton do what they do against the bigger teams over at the Amex, obviously smashing Tottenham 4-2. Different type of fixture, this one. West Ham typically do well at home. Brighton are not travelling mm-hmm. so well this season. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, look, West Ham had a fairly decent December. You know, four wins out of six. But those wins, they've beaten Spurs, United and Arsenal. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure West Ham fans will still be complaining because they seem to complain about everything. But I don't know what's going on with David Moyes. He's got him up to sixth. They're sixth in the league, maybe fifth now. Something. I mean, they're, they're way up. They're way higher than they should be getting nosebleeds. Um, and no yeah, contract. No talk, and no contract. There's still no talk of that. That contract is utterly ridiculous. Um, they'll be without Paqueta for uh, for the game against Brighton. You know, he's, he's got yeah. a lot of assists for them this season. So I think that's going to be a, a slight blow. However, Bowen's going to be playing, so that's good. You as mentioned, mentioned Brighton, as is Ward Prowse as well. Um, Brighton was solid against Spurs. Um, my concern with Brighton is uh, Evan Ferguson. I don't think he scored in the entirety of December. Um, yeah, he's dropped off a little which, bit at the moment, but he's only 18, yeah. 19 years old. That's going to happen. He, he, yeah, he, no, that's that's fair. Um, but to not score for an entire calendar month when you're involved in, I think, pretty much every game as well, um, is that just purely down to Brighton not potentially playing as well as they were? Um, is that a team thing? Is he not being fed enough? All of, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but perhaps he can um, perhaps he can start the year a little bit better. I think West Ham will will just about nick this. I've got um, I've got Bowen to to add to his tally, um, and I've got Ferguson or Pedro because Pedro's you know he's he's, he's getting goals in there as well um, to score yeah. for Brighton. But I've got two one to West Ham in this game. Spot on. I'm exactly the same as you. I've got two one West Ham. Um, I think this is a this is a good game for West Ham. They'll be buoyed off the back of the Arsenal result, uh, as will Brighton respectively against Spurs. But West Ham at home. Um, under the lights of the uh, London Stadium. They'll be uh, blowing bubbles before the game and I think they'll 100% be popping bubbles <laughs> after the game. So 2-1 West Ham. <laughs> Look, Matt, a fantastic pod. Really enjoyed it talking about all the games. Guys, we released a pod earlier in the week talking about the Manchester United minority takeover with Sir Jim Radcliffe. Uh, do head over to our YouTube channel. Check that one out if you're a United fan or, or just a football fan interested in hearing our take on how that's going to work. I think it's... um. It's a, it's, a, it's a complex one in football, but one that I think should be exciting for United fans. We've got another podcast coming out next week on top of our Monday and Friday reviews and, and predictions. Uh, we'll be talking about all of the uh, 
the worst signings from the summer and trying to put them into a one to 11. Um, I've got Flecken in goal. We talked about that earlier in the pod. <laughs> There's plenty of others as well. See if Matt and I can agree on that. Um, so, so hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button. It will tell you when our latest podcasts come out. But in the meantime, guys, enjoy the games. Hope your team wins. And um, we'll see you on the next one.